podcast. This week we go trackside with Tom Robinson at Castle Coo. JCCpodcast.com Hello and welcome to the Jagger Enthusiast Podcast. Wayne Scott with you. Hope you're well as we're into June and the exciting time of the year when the weather's lovely and we're all out and about at shows and enjoying ourselves. I am anyway. Hope you are as well and I hope you're coming to see us at Bewley for Simply Jaguar. If you haven't got your tickets yet, get online to jc.org.uk forward slash events. You can get your tickets on there or actually from the Bewley website directly as well. Doesn't matter where you get them from, just be there. It's going to be brilliant. We've got loads of anniversaries to celebrate. The anniversary of the XK engine arriving in the world, the six-cylinder XJS, S-types, the XJC, and of course that decade of F-types as well. So lots of reasons to come and join us in the sunshine at Bewley and of course if you fancy a bit of motorsport action we've got Harewood Hill Climb coming up as well in July 2023 as with all of our track sport events jc.org.uk forward slash track sport is the place to go to book yourself on that as well and also lots of exciting things happening within the Jaguar Enthusiast Club the people behind this podcast with the a new magazine available from August and we'd like to hear from you if you're listening to this podcast and you fancy having your car featured in the magazine it is a magazine by the members for the members it is a magazine all about you the jaguar enthusiast so if you're a listener to this podcast if you've got an amazing story to tell we'd love to interview you here and we'd also like to feature your car in particular we'd like to hear from you if you're a young owner and we'd definitely like to hear from you of any age of course if you've been up to something in the garage a particular technical project that you've been busy with do share it with us. You can get in touch really easily via the podcast page, jcpodcast.com. Just click on the contact button there and fill out the form. We'd love to feature your Jaguars both here on the podcast and in Jaguar Enthusiast magazine, relaunching in August this year with a whole new look. It's exciting times and exciting times at Castle Coombe this weekend because it is the next round of the CTRC Championship for Classic Touring Cars and there is a full grid of Jaguars. Tom Robinson is there. He's going to fill us in on how his season is going so far and what the plans are for Swallows Jaguar and Swallows Racing. Tom's with us next. You're listening to the Jaguar Enthusiasts Podcast. To find out what events you can get along to or to discover local club meets in your region, visit jec.org.uk. Well, on this episode of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club podcast, I thought it was high time that we had a chat with Tom Robinson from Swallows Racing to see how the season is going. And uh, Tom joins me from where exactly, Tom? Yeah, we're, we're actually up at Castle Coombe, which is our, our local circuit for the uh, weekend. Home turf then, home turf for this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really looking forward to it. The weather is actually looking a, a little bit hit and miss, believe it or not. Even though we've had this really long dry spell, we were having a a quick nose and we're possibly going to get a thunder shower tomorrow so um yeah we'll see how that pans out but um i can't see it personally but yeah we're, we're here for the the classic touring car round which is saturday and sunday um and at the moment we're at a track day we managed to get a last minute track day to, to get a few laps in on jack's car hopefully get a little bit of a head of the game with a setup ready for tomorrow because you've got some challenging conditions ahead, as you mentioned. You've got the potential for a heat wave and heavy rain, which is the two things you don't want to have to contend exactly. with in a single race. 
Well, it, it's been a bit of a weird season because, believe it or not, we've mainly had wet races. So um, we haven't caught up for a while, but Jack's racing a new car this year. So with me um, winning the championship in the saloon last year, I've, I've sort of taken a bit of a backseat on the driving side for the, for the start of the season. And we, we made a big push to, to get Jack out of the XJ40 um, and we built a brand new car, which is an XK8. So it's, it's a bit unusual for us because we tried to do something completely different to what we won in last year. So as we all know, my car was a, was a straight six supercharged and a saloon. So what we decided to do for Jack is build a GT car. So we've used the XKA and we've gone for a naturally aspirated V8. So it was a brand new car. We had a really busy winter getting a car built. Uh, we were lucky enough to have a really nice Japanese body shell that we sort of kept back. Um, and we spent the time over the winter just with a basis, pure and simple, of using the standard engine, making the car as light as possible and focused solely on handling and getting the weight exactly where we want. So the first round at Silverstone was absolutely torrential rain pretty much the whole weekend, so we had a wet race. <laughs> so we managed to get our wet set up done pretty quickly. Um, the second round was pretty much the same. So I think we had one um, dry race at Brands and then the other qualifying and the race was wet. So actually we've got a half sensible um kind of wet direction but we're really struggling with dry so um we decided to do a a an extra race last weekend where me and jack shared the car at brands hatch um which was with the cscc which is another club and that means we can do a, a 40 minute dual driver race and we can share the car so um with a bit of my experience we we're hoping that we'd get ahead and try and get something nailed for, for the dry um, but unfortunately, we managed to qualify, but didn't finish the race due to a, a fuel pump failure, which was a, a bit of a bad luck. But we did get somewhere with a dry setup. So I'm hoping Jack's going to drive the car this morning and it'd be somewhere near is the plan, Wayne. I mean, an XK8 is not the first choice, I would say, of a race car. Of course, the road cars were never really proper sports cars, more of a GT Tourer. They can be a quite compliant suspension, They're quite heavy in road-going form. So has there been a lot of work uh, put into it to get it into race spec? I mean, I, I know I'm asking that of someone who, who managed to win a championship with an XJ6, of course, but uh, <laughs> there must be a lot of work that goes into just racing up a car like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think look-wise, the GT looks like it's going to be more race-capable, but yeah, you're absolutely bang on, Wayne. It isn't. It was a Grand Tourer, um, so they're very soft on a suspension, um, and they are still a very heavy car. Jag, at the time, um, th th these cars had a huge amount of tech in them, and a lot of um, accessories and extras that weren't available with other brands, so actually they've got a huge amount of wiring, etc. So um, the, the benefit with this one is we obviously learnt a lot with my car, um, the rear end is, is actually identical in the XK8, believe it or not. So it uses the same rear axle. So that was one thing we already had where we needed to be roughly with the rear end, all the modifications that we did to that, we replicated with jacks. The same with the diff setup. Um, suspension, um, that was new territory for us. So um, first of all, we had to find out, obviously, how light the car was going to be. So that was our biggest challenge. Um, a lot of race cars are built and then weights taken out of them later down the line, if that makes sense mainly due to cost but with this one we decided to start early and over the winter we went right the way back to pretty much bare metal wane so we had a really good rust free shell we put a, a roll cage in and instead of using a, a bolt-in cage like a, a lot of the cars we we made in-house a full bespoke cage so we managed to to basically put all the strength where we wanted it so the the roll cage comes through into the into the engine bay which picks up the strut towers to get the strength 
and the same with the rear. So we started with a really strong car, and that was the first priority, um, so that all the suspension um, we know isn't we're not getting any deflection from body shell or chassis roll sizes. It's all as stiff as possible. And then we can then build off of that basis. So we're still learning with a car, I'll be honest. Um, we've got a couple of little issues. But actually, um, when you look at the fact that the car's a lot less powerful than where my car was being supercharged, actually, Wayne, we're not that far off the lap times, which shows you if you're clever with where you get the weight, um, we're actually running the car. The car's actually 1,200 kilograms. It's really light. Um, we've had to actually put the steel panels back on it because we have a minimum weight that we have to run to, which is 1370. So um, what we've had to do is we've had to bolt 100 kilograms back in the car, but the key is we can put that weight exactly where we want it. Mm. Um, And then later down the line, I think we'll probably do some other championships, Wayne, where we can run the car lighter again and really show what the XK can do. Brilliant. Well, we look forward to seeing that. And of course... I know your races are relatively short in the CTRC Championship. I think they're sort of 20 minutes, aren't they? Yeah. But you must see some differences in the tyre wear when you're running a lighter car that hasn't got that extra power of the supercharger as well. Yeah, you're absolutely bang on. That was always something that we massively struggled with, my car. And most of the um, the setup changes we were doing on the car were generally to, to avoid tyre wear. Um, obviously, when you're running a heavy car, ultimately we're trying to achieve grip obviously that generates heat which then destroys the tire now we used to be restricted to run the toyo tires so we all had the same tires so it was all a balance so i could often do a really quick time in qualifying running quite an ag- aggressive damper setup but ultimately wayne that wouldn't last for a, for a 15 or 20 minute race after about five laps they would start to die off so we have to be quite mindful of that whereas this year they've changed there's been a lot of changes in the regulations with the ctrc and we've moved more over to what their regulations are now we're allowed to use any of the uh, 1a or 1b 1c list tires now so we can change around on brands so that's been something else that's hugely beneficial um we've been able to we've actually chosen the nankang ar1 which is um which is a, a completely different tire to the toyo but but meets the same criteria and with the car so much lighter we're finding that we're, we're getting pretty much a tyre throughout the race. So when we did the 40-minute race at uh, um, Browns, we didn't finish a 40-minute race, but I did a half-an-hour stint in qualifying. And um, I think uh, we unfortunately had a red flag session, which reduced it a little bit. But I did 17, no, 18 laps, sorry. But my quickest lap was on lap 17. Now, last year in my car, that just wasn't possible. After about five laps, they would just slowly decrease. So you're absolutely bang on with with the car being a lot lighter in the weight where we want it and being so much more balanced the consistency is massively improved it's amazing isn't it to think that you're driving jaguars here think about this people for a minute that uh, you know normally we change a set of tires i don't know after three maybe four years twenty thousand miles something like that tom was burning them up in 20 minutes it just shows you the power that you're <laughs> dealing with there doesn't it really yeah, absolutely. And the weight. I mean, we were running that car over 1,400 kilograms. It just makes a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, all of this stuff is good learning uh, for your customers' cars. And you are running yep. a full team, aren't you, this season, of all of your customers thrown in as well. And those of uh, the listeners that have been to our track sport events, of course, will have seen the Swallows Lorry. And uh, that is a yep. common sight at all the racetracks now every weekend at following the Jaguars around racing. So how are the other guys doing? Yeah, so we've got we've got a bit of a mix this year. So we've got um, some of you probably know Andrew Maynard, who owns the XR15. He's racing 
and XJ40. Um, this is his second season now, so he, he's, he's got a little bit of experience behind him. And uh, we did quite a bit of work to the car over the winter, and he's doing really well. Um, so he's with us this weekend. Um, we've also got Jack's car, Jack's X car, the XJ40 that he ran last year. One of our guys that actually works for us, Joe, he's in his first season in that car as a novice. So he's done the first two rounds. Um, we're preparing for him and bringing it to, to each of the race weekends for him. And then we've got Damien, um, who's on season three, and he's also in an XJ40. So we've got a team of XJ40s at the moment that we're wow. competing in the CTRC. Um, but the way the regulations work, we've actually been able to also do some of the other rounds with a CSCC, as I was saying with Jack. So um, Andrew and Colin, um, who, as you all know, is involved with the track sport side and the main part of the club, he's also been dipping his toes into a little bit of racing. He's been sharing the car with Andrew. So he had his first race a couple of weekends ago at Fruxton. Um, unfortunately, it was an absolute washout of a weekend. So um, I think it was a, <laughs> a steep learning curve doing Fruxton in the wet anyway. Um, but yeah, we've got we've got really busy workshops. We're, we're also doing um, where I'm not racing at the moment. My plan is that um, you've probably seen Wayne. I've done a couple of videos on it. I've we've got this this X um, SCV8, which is the X type. Um, so that's why I'm not focusing on the driving so much this year. Is is because we're rebuilding that in the background. So I'm hoping to have that out tail end of the year. But I'm having to really push a lot of time into that as it's. Um, Quite a, quite a lot of work involved in getting that back to where it used to be, if that makes sense. Well, we should bring people up to speed if they haven't been following the story that, of course, last year in the CTRC, you took the championship uh, and uh, you've got yep. big plates yep. and trophies Five now to polish. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, um, you know, <laughs> it must it must be weird for you, actually, having been champion last season, taken the glory and now having to sort of sit back and watch everyone else having the fun. I bet you must get itchy racing boots, don't you? Yeah, it's really frustrating because ultimately I wanted to, to spend the winter doing the car ready to come straight back out next year. But with all the other customers' cars and the builds, just have to, to be realistic, to be honest, Wayne. We can't do everything. So um, we, we've just delayed the progress of that. But I must admit, it's, it's quite enjoyable in some aspects because, as I've said on numerous occasions, I absolutely love the technical and the mechanical side of the racing as well. So I get a huge amount of enjoyment out of building the cars ultimately Jaguars aren't really designed to do this and I and I love that challenge so I still get a lot of enjoyment out of it it's a lot less stressful I'll give you that because <laughs> um, I'm not nervous on a race weekend but it's also frustrating when you're still on the pit wall wondering why he's not doing a quick enough lap time and you're just waving your fist at him to speed <laughs> up so um, and saying well I would have done this or I would have done that but until you're in that driving seat it's, it's very different so I, I am hoping that we're going to get a few more of the dual driver races in secretly because I, I absolutely loved it at Brands last weekend um, and it did make it uh, make me miss it more getting in the driver's seat um, but I have also been lucky enough to do a few track days and drive a couple of other cars so that's keeping the uh, the addiction at bay if that makes sense. Well let me ask you a little bit more about that because um, you know you are doing a brave thing here and I think anyone who has a older or younger brother will understand that it's not the easiest thing to be driving with your siblings at the best of times let alone running yeah. a race car together so no one else is listening tom uh, how do you get on with jack under those circumstances well we're we're believe it or not with regards to driving together and me looking after his car we get on really well if we were racing against each other and wayne that would be a completely <laughs> different story because we used to do a bit of motocross between us and um when we used to ride together neither one of us obviously would give in we'd always want to win 
And my dad actually had to say to us, you know, look, boys, you need to stop this because after a weekend, Jack would come in at work or I'd come in at work all battered and bruised. A couple of times, Jack broke his arm and it was it was getting out of hand. So actually, <laughs> at the moment, it works quite well. I'm a lot more interested in the mechanical and the technical side and him driving it. At the moment, it's, it's working well and I'm enjoying it. Well, that's good because we don't want to be picking pieces of you up off the road because you've had a sibling argument at uh, turn six <laughs> or whatever. But uh, no, it's it's great, you know, that uh, there's a family involvement. That's what's fantastic about the whole Swallows team is that, um, you know, there is a family behind it. It's a family business, but actually all of you are part of a big family now, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So my granddad still, um, he's not involved in the business day to day. Obviously, my dad is. Um, he mainly focuses on the sales side my brother and obviously my, me. My granddad lives on site on the farm where we're based and every time the kettle comes on, he's always wandering around for a cup of tea to, to interfere with what we're up to. So yeah, it's very family orientated. Um, and my actual uh, nephew as well, unfortunately for his own son, he's only two, but he's already starting to show interest in cars, which I don't think my sister's too happy with, um, but we'll see. <laughs> well, it was bound to happen, wasn't it? And perhaps we could get him along to a track sport event and get him in the passenger seat at some point when he's older. <laughs> Not a few years yet, but We'll see. That's been a fantastic success this year, hasn't it? We've had the opening session of Track Sport at Castle Coombe back in April. Uh, those of you who listen yep. to the podcast on a regular occasion will have heard all of the action. We brought you a kind of flavour of that day here on the podcast. But they are growing, aren't they? And there's a real a sort of cult following almost towards the JEC Track Sport events. Yeah, I must admit, I, I, I always um, thought it would be a really successful event, but it has grown quicker than I expected. Um, obviously lots of the, the later Jaguars are performance based cars so um, and, and at the end of the day you, you just can't drive to, to the speed you can on track on the road now so um, it's a very safe and controlled environment and I think the JC have got such a good platform to, to encourage people that maybe are a little bit intimidated by, intimidated by the track day um, but as I always say to everyone once you've got that taste they are so addictive um, you can't help but book another one Absolutely, and it's not just about taking your own car out on track. You can come along and jump in with you guys and get a passenger ride. That's it, and at the last Coombe, um, Wayne, uh, there was uh, lots of other things going on other than just the track action. So we had some F-types there, and lots of other club members are coming along just to, to park up and spectate, which is which is great because that's what we want. Um, there's lots of other things to see. It's not just driving your car on track. Obviously, we're offering passenger rides in, in varying cars. There's often displays at lunchtime. I mean, we had the... Um, I was lucky enough, obviously, to drive the XJR15, which was a dream come true. And we had Jaguar Classic bring the XJR9, which I think we all nearly had a heart attack when we seen that roll out of the trailer. So um, there's lots going on. And there's, it, like I say, you don't have to drive your car on track. There's, there's more to see and do. Well, of course, you can get booked on the next one via jc.org.uk forward slash tracksport. And they are very relaxed. Uh, you can go full on circuit like we did at Castle Coombe to start the season. Or the next one is what we referred to as the picnic on the hill because we're going up to Harewood Hill Climb up in Yorkshire. Bring your picnic rug. You can lay it out in the paddock. You can watch everyone having fun in the valley below. Stunning scenery and a great hill. And it's a, just a different discipline, isn't it, really, Tom, on the hill climbs and the cars behave differently yeah. and it's just it's a little bit like having a country road all to yourself knowing that there's no speed cameras no speed limit and no one's coming the other way <laughs> yeah absolutely it's great for for a, for a novice as well you can just rock up go at your own pace like you said wayne and just just build it up through the day and enjoy 
Yeah, absolutely. You're only on track with yourself, so there's no one else to worry about. So a, a great way of getting into driving your Jaguar fast, as I say. Get booked up online, jec.org.uk forward slash track sport, and you can meet all of the Swallows racing team at these events as well and uh, go out in the cars. I went out with Jack in his XJ40 last year up Harewood Hill Climb, which was excellent and uh, hot as well. That is a hot car, I have to say. I know. As we we do need to, to to upgrade and get some air con in these race cars. That'd be a nice added touch. Yes. <laughs> but it's unfortunately the first thing that generally goes because <laughs> it's too heavy. <laughs> That's the trouble. That's the trouble. And of course, uh, behind the scenes, as you mentioned, the day job at Swallows Jaguar, yep. uh, keeping everyone's road cars uh, on the road and, and well serviced. But of course, also um, looking at modifications and upgrades for Jaguars. So you're adding stuff yep. to the product lines all the time. What's hot at the minute in modding? Jags, Tom? Well, one of the things we're getting a lot of demand for at the moment, and I think that's just the way things are going with electrification, I think that um, the XJS and the X100 seem to be really popular at the moment. We're doing a lot of parts for the X100, um, so that's the XKA and XKR from 96 up to 2005. We seem to be really concentrating on a lot of new products for that. Where we're we're focusing is a lot of the parts at the moment are are actually no longer available from Jaguar. So we're looking at re- reproducing um, basically performance-based upgrades so that although it might be a wear and tear item, for example, when you do need to replace it, you can replace it with, with a part that's a performance-based part that's going to last a lot longer than the standard part would. So one of the ones that we've just done recently is the on the X100, on the XKR, there's a there's a heater pipe at the back of the engine. It's really common for failing with a plastic connector. We've done some silicon alternatives, um, which is actually cheaper than what the Jaguar part was retail when it was available. And being silicon, it offers a lot of performance up, up, um, upgrades. So, for example, it, it lasts a lot longer. Um, it doesn't perish like the standard rubber hoses. So it really future-proofs the car. So that's where we're focusing a lot of our experience with the performance parts is not just gaining out-and-out performance all the time it's it's small upgrades that can actually keep your car on the road for longer absolutely and i guess it's indicative of the fact that those cars are quite affordable at the moment as well so it's the sort of car you can buy get into the jaguar world and start personalizing i suppose yeah absolutely and i think that with with what's going on in the world with jaguar making announcements electrification i mean that's a whole separate topic i think people are realizing that some of these these V8s, they're going to be the last of these um, and there isn't going to be anything else out there like it. So you're absolutely bang on. They're really affordable. They're, they're a great practical classic. They're something that you can just get in and drive and you don't have to, to worry about continually maintaining them. So um, like some of the very much earlier classics. So they are a really good buy at the moment and I think it's encouraging a lot of people to, to use them and enjoy them for the weekends. Absolutely. Well, of course, we'll keep up to date with you as we head through the season. As you say, Castlecombe this weekend, the next fixture is then Brands Hatch, I believe, first weekend of July. That's correct, yeah. Back up at Brands. We've had a couple of rounds there. Now, it's a, it's a bit of a different one at Brands because we're doing the DP circuit and the Indy circuit. So I believe one of the days is on the shorter circuit and the Sunday race is on the full GP so that's quite nice because it's very rare that you get the opportunity to do the GP circuit at Brands Hatch. Mm, nice and as you mentioned you're busy in the background um, working on a very special car of course the ex Andy Rouse X-Type so looking that's forward correct. past yeah. this season what's your plans for the future with it? Well to be honest we we uh, 
been straight with you, Wayne. We haven't got a clear plan. We, we've obviously had the car for about a year and a half now, and we've, we've early on, basically, because um, it's a one-off, it's a completely bespoke chassis. What we wanted to do before we decided to race it was to make sure that we had all the components to rebuild it if anything was to happen. So we, we've got the kind of the boring stuff out of the way, and we've got that done. Um, we've had a lot of drawings with the car, but certain parts we've had to have redrawn. And we never had the, an engine with the car. So uh, the key now is we've made a decision on the engine. Um, we have the engine that we're going to use, which is a bit of a story in itself, which I'll probably go into in more detail on another day. But um, we're actually going to use a Jaguar V8 engine, the same as what Jack's got in his XK8. And it's an engine that was actually designed in 2001, the Jaguar, to compete in Le Mans. And it was a V8 production engine that was put in place that never went any further. So... It's a an NA V8 Jag-based engine, 9,000 RPM, um, with a dyno printout of over 650 horsepower. So it should be pretty impressive. So we've been designing the engine mounts for that to go in the hole. And um, I think for this year, the ultimate goal is to get the car tested. Um, we can run it with a classic touring car. They've invited us to run it with their Thunder Saloons. Um, so that's with a variety of, of big V8-powered cars. And then I think we're going to come up with some plans over the winter, which I'm not sure what are yet. Um, but hopefully we'll probably do some some rounds across Europe. I've I really fancy doing spa in the car and possibly the Nurburgring. That's my my goal anyway. But we'll we'll see where it takes us, Wayne. Brilliant. It's going to be great to see that car out on track because it was a car that had so much promise when it was new, nearly 20 yeah. years ago now, amazingly, and never really, as you say, realised any of those ambitions. So I guess you're you're able to take it to the places where it really should have been had it actually worked out. Yeah, that's it. And we, we actually bought the car from Andy Rouse himself, direct, and Pete Hall. They still owned the car. And um, they're, they're kind of key point when they were selling the car it wasn't necessarily about the money because they they invested a huge amount of money into the chassis um and the concept was that the chassis was the same for every competitor and each manufacturer could just put their own body shell so it visually looked like the manufacturer they were portraying so um uh, the rumors is they spent over a million pound developing this chassis um and um it, it never took off um they'd had 20 cars sold and the information that we have found since owning the car is it looks like they didn't have the TV rights to move forward. So it wow. almost didn't happen overnight, which is a great shame. So they've got a real key interest in And the main thing they wanted when they were selling the car is they wanted the car to be raced. And that was their main interest. It wasn't the financial value because they were never going to get any of the money they'd put into it back. So the deal we had was that we have no intentions of not racing it. And we are going to get it out there. So I, I'd absolutely love for maybe Andy to have a go in the car. Um, John Clennon's actually racing again with some of the Super Toro championships. I don't know if you've seen that. Believe it or not, he supplied the body shell for the car and he's expressed an interest in driving it as well. So um, it'd be absolutely great to get some of these touring car legends back out in the car as well. And to drive that car that one of them has driven as well, for me, would be a bit of a dream come true. Absolutely. And hopefully you can allow Jaguar Enthusiast magazine and the Jaguar Enthusiast podcast to come and cover all of that as well, because that is a story worth telling, I reckon. Absolutely, yeah. I think it would be brilliant, and it's uh, it's one of those cars, the what ifs, and it's great to to bring that engine that was meant to do Le Mans and that car and get it back out there. Brilliant. Well. It's going to be an exciting season ahead for the Swallows racing team, by the sounds of things, and uh, lots of good stuff going on in the workshop. By the way, did Richard Hammond ever come back for any more work to be done? I must ask you that. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> but we've we've done some work on the XJR of his, 
Um, so I don't know if you've seen one of his videos. We we made an exhaust for that. So that was quite nice to to get some of our performance-based project uh, products on his car. But obviously, we also built the XKR for Mike. So that car is actually um, going out on Monday back to Mike because we've had it in for a couple of little tweaks and he's doing a trip around Europe which he'll be um, basing some YouTube content so hopefully Hammond's there and hopefully he gives it a gives it a bit of a drive and uh, gives us a thumbs up for, for what we've built brilliant uh, it was a great thing to watch and if you haven't seen it everyone have a look on youtube at the drive tribe channel and just search for swallows on there you can follow the story of this sort of build off i think is what they called it of two jaguars yeah. being built um hammond versus the other guy scottish guy um him and uh, mike, yeah. <laughs> mike and uh yeah they uh, they basically uh, built these two amazing cars and the winner was decided i won't give it away in case you haven't seen it but check it all out on youtube and of course swallows engineering for them along the way uh great opportunities coming through isn't there for jaguar and what you're doing tom at swallows i think is making normal jaguars even more sexy oh that's great to hear wayne uh, I'm going to let you get back to the paddock now because no doubt all the drivers are waiting for their pre-race coaching session from you. Uh, we'll keep up to date with you throughout the track sport and, of course, the CTRC season as we go through 2023. But for now, Tom Robinson, thanks for joining us. Great. Thanks, Wayne. That's all for this episode of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club podcast. Don't forget to keep in touch with us here on the JEC podcast via www.jecpodcast.com. And you can get in touch with us very easily by using the voice recorder on there to leave us a message, or you can use the contact form if you prefer to write your messages. Don't forget, you can also join the Jaguar Enthusiast Club online by clicking the Join Today button on the top right-hand corner of the podcast page to enjoy all the benefits, plus the fantastic, glossy, 130-page monthly magazine that's all included in your membership of the worldwide Jaguar family that is the JEC. This is the Jaguar Enthusiasts Podcast. Subscribe for new episodes at jecpodcast.com.